Have you finished your personal statement yet? Now's the perfect time to get it professionally reviewed by a medical school HQ expert advisor. We have former directors of admissions, admissions officers, and the like on our small team of amazing people. They have the inside knowledge from reading thousands and thousands and thousands, tens, if not 100,000 personal statements going through the process and setting up the process for their whole committee. They know exactly what medical schools look for and the common red flags that can get your entire application thrown out. Take advantage of our flash sale right now, going through May 6th, up to 6,000 characters reviewed for just $150. That's a $75 discount on our regular price. Go to editmyps.com. Again, that's editmyps.com. The Premier session number 503. Hello, and welcome to The Pre-Med Years, where we believe that collaboration, not competition, is key to your success. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Gray, and in this podcast, we share with you stories, encouragement, and information that you need to know to help guide you on your path to becoming a physician. Welcome to The Pre-Med Years. Thank you so much for joining me today. I have a wonderful guest, but before we jump in and speak to her, I want to talk about the MCAT Minute brought to you by Blueprint MCAT. It is mid-October. MCAT registration is opening right now, right right around the corner. So make sure that you have a plan by going to blueprintmcat.com, signing up for a free account, using their free study planner tool to make sure that you know when you're going to take your test and that you can prep appropriately for the test date that you want to take. So MCAT registrations opening up uh, typically October for January, March, April dates. So if you're taking the MCAT during those months, registrations opening now, make sure that your plan is set. Go to blueprintmcat.com, sign up for that free account, use their free amazing study planner tool to make your schedule, make your study plan, and that will hopefully lead to lots of success for you. All right, again, that's blueprintmcat.com. Go check that out. Let's jump in, say hello to our guest today. She is one of our amazing medical school headquarters advisors, Varinia Granum. She's a former assistant dean of pre-health and STEM advising at Hofstra University. She has helped thousands of students gain admission to medical school, including helping our own students here now through medical school headquarters, formerly MAPT Advisors, where we're rebranding all of the advisors back to medical school HQ. So you'll see some some of that here in the future. But Verinia has some interesting take being a former undergraduate advisor and now working with students strictly through MSHQ advising, helping them into medical school. We talk about what she sees, mistakes inside and out, and what kind of drives her to do this. So let's go and jump in. Say hello to Verinia. Granum, welcome to the pre-med years. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. You are welcome. I'm excited. It's been uh, it's been an invitation that should have been out a long time ago, but uh, you are here <laughs> now. You have been a part of the MAPT advising team for over a year now. Uh, let's Let's start with 
how you got involved in the pre-health world to begin with. Did, did you grow up as a as a uh, a little girl and and so some some kids got doctor kits and your maybe I don't know if you have siblings or not. Your sibling got a doctor's kit and you're like, "Well, let me show you how to uh live that dream of yours." Oh, that's so funny. Yo, I was I was the kid that um, played teacher, like had the classroom set up with the little chalkboard, because, of course, this was back in the 80s when we actually had chalk. <laughs> um, and I pretended to have a, a class and my brother, my little brother, my younger brother, who's five years younger, had to sit through me lecturing him. That's sort of how my path into education. That's my earliest memory that I remember of being involved in education. So not necessarily in the pre-health world that yeah. came a little later. Did you have parents um, that were educators? No, actually, no. But I have t- aunts. I have aunts, actually, a few aunts that were okay. educators. Um, but education was a, was a huge um, part of my childhood, like the emphasis on making sure that, you know, we were all educated in different ways. So my, my parents are both immigrants to this country, um, came here for that American dream, worked blue-collar jobs, but made sure their kids were... Um, we're, you know, educated. We had lots of books growing up, books everywhere. Just read, 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 read. And I think that just started my passion for education and for learning. I consider myself a lifelong learner. And that started the sort of the interest in in being around an education setting. <laughs> so I went to college and I like to say that I went to college and I never left. I became a writing tutor there. Um, worked with students, helping them with their assignments. Always loved English subjects. Um, so I was the very typical nerd, uh, literature, literature nerd. Um, and I remember volunteering to be part of the accreditation committee. My school was going through an accreditation process at the time. And someone joked years later, like, man, they should have just given you your master's in education. At that <laughs> point, you were just ready to go in higher ed. Um, so yeah, it just sort of developed from there. I had great mentors. I had great advisors. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that kind of planted the seed of, Hey, maybe I could do this as a career. Yeah. Become an educator. Um, yeah. didn't, didn't want to necessarily be in a classroom setting. I realized I enjoyed more talking to students one-on-one, mm-hmm. helping them figure out their life goals, their plans, their yeah. career goals. A little more therapy. Like yeah. Kind of. <laughs> And uh, I found the perfect marriage of the two um, in in going into a counseling area mm-hmm. while also being able to counsel on education topics. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's so there. There are a million career fields out there. Uh, mm-hmm. how, how did you end up with the uh, the the overthinking pre-med club kids? <laughs> so um, I worked in um uh, I worked for the Fulbright program years ago. I worked for the Foreign Fulbright program, which was a student exchange program, uh, managing the program, working with international students who were coming here to the U.S. to pursue graduate degrees. And I realized working with them while my role was administrative and managing the actual grant funding for them, what I really enjoyed was the helping them figure out their um, academic plans. And I thought, well, let me look into this a little more seriously. And I went and I pursued my degree in, in education, master's degree in education with a counseling focus. And I was fortunate enough to, as part of that program, I had to do an internship in an advising office on campus. Um, and I was fortunate enough to 
pursue this at Hofstra University, where an opportunity came up to become an advisor there. And I was hired there. And that was sort of my first official role as an advisor in higher education. And just by luck, they needed an advisor in the pre-health world. Um, and my supervisor at the time um, became sort of my my mentor and, and taught me the works. <laughs> and as I became more familiar with these majors that I was working with, these science students, um, my counseling background became very handy. <laughs> yeah. Because I realized they really are a little bit stressed and <laughs> just a little, a little just a bit little. Um, panicked about everything. And it's just the yeah. personality sometimes. It's um, sometimes, unfortunately, this path makes you that way. Um, and I became, I fell in love with it. I fell in love with the, being able to talk to students and help them kind of talk them off a ledge a little bit about, you yeah. know, the anxiety surrounding this process. Yeah. And that's how I ended up here. Yeah. So when when you're working with those students and you, you see mm-hmm. the anxiety surrounding this process, do you think it's a little bit more unique to the pre-med world? Or do you think it's just undergrad students kind of this day and age all trying to to get ahead? Or do you think there's something special about being a pre-med? No, I think it's a little bit of both. Yes, there are some students that are high achievers. Um, They're naturally drawn to the sciences where, um, yeah, of course, you do need to have a certain level of um, understanding of advanced topics. Um, but I think there's also just a lot more pressure on these students to to perform well because they think, this is the only way I can get into medical school is if I have these high grades and I, you know, perform really well on every single thing and I don't make any mistakes, you know, and I beat out everyone else, uh, I will be the perfect candidate. Yeah. Um, and a lot of our conversations revolved around how to deal with failure. The first time they encounter, you know, these are students that all throughout high school have performed very well. First time they encounter failure, it's like everything falls apart. Yeah. So... I think it's a combination of um, a little bit of their personality, but also the pressure of this perceived idea that you have to be perfect. Love that word perceived. Right. It's all, it's just a perception that you have to be perfect. Um, So a lot of my conversations revolved around helping students understand that not everyone is perfect, um, but everyone, everyone has passion. And if that passion isn't helping others, um, through medicine, focus on that. Mm -hmm. What can you do with that passion beyond just being perfect, right? How can you connect with a a human being? They don't want you to be perfect. They want you to know what's wrong with them and help them through that. (laughs) You don't have to be a perfect person to do that. You just have to be a human being. Just have to be a human being. So it's it's interesting the this perception of being perfect and and thinking that's the ultimate goal. I I've had conversations with deans and directors of admissions, and they actually tell me the opposite. They like to see students who have struggled. They like mm-hmm. to see students who have had to overcome failures because they know that when those when those uh, kind of obstacles and barriers and trials and tribulations come during medical school, they have a body of evidence now that the student can point to to say, here's how I've handled it in the past. And students who haven't struggled, students who haven't failed, haven't been able to show like, I've I've faced adversity in an academic setting 
and I was able to overcome through X, Y, and Z. And so these students, yeah. and, and I'm not telling you to go out and fail just to go, hey, look, right. I overcame an F in my uh, theology class. Right. Like you, you don't need to go do that. Um, but you also don't need to to just perseverate about being perfect all day, every day. Exactly. And and those students that come, you know, they start their first semester off, they've, you know, been a perfect straight A student in high school. Um, when they really have to encounter that first challenge, it really knocks them down. Like psychologically, it knocks down their confidence, right? And so a lot of um, my meetings with them were kind of, you know, looking at what happened, reflecting on what happened and making them understand that this doesn't this did not define them, mm. right? So for so long, they thought, oh my gosh, this is, that's it, I'm done, it's over. Um, and it's all, yeah, it's a perception, right? And and so if you're able to overcome challenges, um, you're stronger for it at the end of it, of course. And then you're, think about it, you're helping patients overcome challenges, right? So you can connect with them and understand that they're going through some serious stuff. Um, if you have never failed, <laughs> you can't really understand what it's like to be in that person's shoes. So again, I agree with what you're saying. You don't shouldn't go out there just to say, hey, I failed just to prove a point. There's other ways to overcome challenges. Um, but I want students to understand, to kind of let go of this idea that you have to be this perfect candidate yeah. to go to medical school. Yeah. You've worked with a lot of students now over the course of, of the year, uh, of MAP students who want to um, work one-on-one -on -one with us, but you also do a lot of our chat advising through mm -hmm. MapDAP, which a lot of students uh, are able to uh, afford that investment, which is awesome. What is the the kind of most common pain point or sticking point or, or confusion that you see pre-med students having about this process? Um, so through chat advising, a lot of students just want us to kind of look at their um, academic record and their activities and see if they're ready to apply. Mm -hmm. But I have had conversations with students who just aren't aware enough of what goes into this process. Yeah. They're sort of just going through the motions and getting through their classes, um, not being well-versed in the process itself and how much work goes into it. So a lot of questions about how do I prepare? Um, what do I need to do uh, You know, from now? I'm a first-year student, which is great. I love working with first-year students because you have time to work with them and, and build towards that. They, they but, haven't messed up too much yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then you also have non-traditional students who have taken detours in life and now yeah. they've come to this um, decision. So a lot of questions, the, the common questions are, okay, how can I, how many classes do I need to take to improve my GPA? Uh, things like that. And those are so difficult to answer because yeah. those are so nuanced. Um, so, but, but being aware of how many pieces there are to this process. I think it's the most important thing for any pre-med starting out now to consider. Yeah. Being aware of that. What what do you think is the the biggest thing? So let's let's say a first year student's listening to this mm -hmm. right now. Uh what is your biggest piece of advice to that first year student as they're as they're embarking on this journey? Yeah, sure. Um definitely you know, we talk about perfection, right? Not not being perfect, but you do want to be able to to take your classes seriously, get your study skills in order, go talk to your advisor, go talk to your professor, making sure that you're learning the material to learn it, not just to pass the test, because this is building the foundation for their future. So focusing on learning, 
understanding how you learn material. That's number one, because you do still need to know this stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, The second thing would be just be aware of where the advising camp uh, office is on campus and, and seeking out those resources. Now, I I know a lot of pre-health offices get a lot of slack from, from, for a variety of reasons, but they are a resource. And you as a student, you can't rely on others to come to you and give you the information. Be proactive, connect with them, talk to them, become familiar with the student orgs on campus, the student clubs, volunteering opportunities. That's what first-year students should really be focusing on. At least know who your resources are on campus, academically, socially, um, and figuring out ways to get involved. Yeah, those are all important. Notice um, one of the biggest things you, you talked about there is like just just that that transition part and mm-hmm. making sure you're doing well and all that stuff, which is really important. And then, yeah, get involved as, as much mm-hmm. as you can, as much as you're able to, you personally are able to handle with all of your other academics and other responsibilities. Uh, one of the biggest issues that I see students make is, well, what are they doing? And what are they doing? What are they doing? Mm. What are they? Oh, I need to go do that. I need to go do that. I need to go do that. And it's like, all of a sudden, they're part of 10 organizations because their friends join those 10 organizations and they're rocking C's in their Gen Chem and Gen Bio classes. And then right. it's like, well, maybe you should back off a little bit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's find Be intentional about what you're trying to get involved with. Don't just sign up for stuff because you think it looks good. Yeah. Um, be intentional. Have an interest in the club. Have an interest in what um, they're doing. And it's better to have just one or two, maybe three meaningful activities where you're really devoted to that. And maybe you um, can go on into a leadership position as part of that organization um, rather than having 10 different things that you're barely going to their meetings. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a great way to get involved. Um, but intentionally don't ignore your academics yeah. as a result. Yeah. So you said something recently in, in our private kind of Slack group about how you love working with students kind of through the application process, which is one way to work with our, our mapped advisors, kind of full application cycle prep. What is it about seeing someone for the first time meeting them, hearing about their concerns and their worries and uh, their expectations for the application cycle and then seeing them on the other end. Uh, and I think you, you've had a student um, with an acceptance already this this cycle too now. Um, yes. <laughs> so, so being able to kind of take them from mm-hmm. little baby just hatching at, to to f- full full grown chick out there and, and uh, ready ready to go fly the coop. Yeah, it's almost like watching a first year student graduate college and fast forward, right? So they go from being a first year nervous, you know, in the beginning of the process to have no idea where to start or maybe have some idea but can't uh, articulate their passion, why they want to do this. Being able to work with them, helping them figure out that part, why finally putting to words something they maybe have struggled to put into words about why they want to be a doctor to getting an interview invite, uh, watching that growth and watching their own um, confidence sort of build throughout this process because when they first come, they're very nervous. Mm. Um, they think they have everything, but they're not a hundred percent sure. They think they're a good candidate, but they're not a hundred percent sure because they're comparing themselves to others. Yeah. Uh, and so going through their uh, application profile with them and, and zeroing in on maybe a few things that they can maybe improve on if they need to having those conversations and then seeing that progression from that nervous 
pre-applicant to, oh my gosh, I have an interview or mm. I have an acceptance. That growth and that development and more so just watching them be excited about the process is what I love the most. Yeah. Seeing the the results of their hard work. I'm not doing this for them. I'm simply there kind of guiding them, mm. supporting them and really helping them feel confident that they're putting their best foot forward in this application. And the end result has been pretty positive. Yeah. That's, that's what I really enjoy. That's awesome. When it when it comes to interviews, you we've done a couple of interview workshops and it, it seems like you're a, a superstar with mock interviews with students. What is it about the interview process that you think makes students the most nervous? Oh, I think they, of course, they want to impress, right? They think, my gosh, I finally got an interview, right? I just went through this, this you know, triathlon of trying to get to this point. Um, I finally get the interview. I don't want to mess this up. So they have so much anxiety around impressing them. And I keep reminding them, meaning admissions uh, committees. And I keep reminding students that you have an interview, you've been called in, you've already impressed them with your application, right? Now they just want to see, can you, can you talk to someone? Can you articulate things? Can you can they see you with a patient, um, you know, communicating with a patient? So those are the kinds of things that we focus on, um, reducing the anxiety around interviews in general and encouraging students to try to just be natural as much as possible. Some students struggle, right? They immediately want to go in there and talk about all the wonderful things they've done, forgetting that at the end of the day, they're looking to see, you know, can you connect with someone? <laughs> Are you compassionate? <laughs> can you the, show that you're listening? The, the first thing you, you you said, the talk about all the wonderful things they've done, H- having kids, the first thing I go to, the wonderful thing about Tigger is Tigger, Tigger's a wonderful thing. <laughs> like, that's not how to go into your medical school interview. <laughs> yeah. 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 And so the first session is always fun because that's where they're the most nervous. And then as they get more and more comfortable, um, they say, oh, you know, thank you so much. You've made me feel so much more comfortable. And I tell them, well, take that feeling that you have right now with you the day of the interview. Pretend this other person is just me talking to you. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you want to approach it understanding that this is important. Yeah. Right. But kind of um, bringing down the anxiety around that, you know, this whole process and this is just a conversation, right? This is just a com- coffee shop conversation yep. uh, helps a lot. Yeah. I, I love when I'm able to, uh, and I, I don't do a ton of mock interviews anymore, but when, when I'm able to do a mock interview with a student and they are a completely different person during the interview to when I say, okay, let's go ahead and stop and, and let's, let's review. And then you see their shoulders drop and their face like relax and their, their tone of voice changes mm-hmm. and they get more and kind of uh, their affect completely changes. And I'm like, I want you to go back and watch this video, <laughs> go to this point and go yeah. test 10 seconds back to when you were in interview mode and 10 seconds forward to when we said we were done and look at how you completely changed who you were. Yeah. I want you to be this person, not that person. Yeah. Uh, and it's, lit- it's so funny. I literally had a mock interview this morning as, as, of, as of this recording where I, I saw the difference right away from, some, from this person I was working with. And I said the same thing. I said, wait, I literally saw your shoulders just relaxed. I want you to be that relaxed person. Yeah. <laughs> so 
Yeah, but but Verinia, my life is on the line. My career is on the line. My future it is. is on the line. How how do you how do you help them overcome and and make, it's it's not life and death. It's not uh, make or break. Yeah, you may not get in. You may not get into this one school that you're interviewing at. You may not get in this cycle. But if this is mm-hmm. what you want, how do, how do you have that conversation? It's tough um, because, yes, this is absolutely very important and you've worked so hard and psychologically the thought of having to do this again next cycle is is very, very daunting. Um, I try to remind them that it is it is important, but it is not the end of the world, right? I anticipate that, be positive, think that this is going to go well, but also understand that if it doesn't, you can have, you have options. There's, there's you know, have a backup plan the backup plan meaning okay how do we approach this again next cycle right um it's hard sometimes though for students to to understand to let go of like this idea that if it doesn't happen now it's never going to happen um but it's it's really just talking through that talking through understanding that this doesn't mean it's the end for you it might take a little longer it might mean some more sacrifices down the road, which I understand can be very difficult financially, things like that. But if this is what you want to do, you won't let go of that. You will hold on to that dream. You will hold on to that passion and stay positive about it as much as you can, right? To carry you through if things don't work out this cycle. And they kind of get it, you know, that kind of takes away (laughs) some of that, you know, oh my gosh, I'm going to die if this doesn't happen. Yeah. Um, So, you know, it, it's just a constant reminder that this process doesn't define who you are. So many students get wrapped up in that. Mm. If I don't get in, I'm not, I'm not worthy. Yeah. Um, and let's, you know, we have to put that in perspective. Yeah. Yes, it's important. But if it doesn't work out, there are options. It's it's huge. And I, I have been having that conversation more and more, trying to have that conversation more and more where students, pre-med students, medical students, residents, at every stage of the game, they look at the destination as the goal, as oh, oh, when when I get into medical school, then I'll be happy. When I graduate mm-hmm. medical school and get my degree, I'll be happy. When I am an attending, finally finish residency or finish my fellowship, then I'll be happy. And everyone living for tomorrow forgets to enjoy today. And mm-hmm. we get a lot of burnout and, and stress over that because of that. Do you have any conversations around that? Oh, all the time, all the time. And it sounds so cheesy to say it. Oh, it's, you know, it's about the journey. It's not about the destination. <laughs> but I think it sounds cheesy because so many people dismiss it yeah. because they forget that, you know, yeah, you're so busy focused on and you should be focused on the goal. Um, but you're you're missing out on other things that are going on. Um, maybe you had a great patient interaction at your volunteer experience in the hospital. And because you're so caught up in the application, you you kind of lose sight of what happened in that moment that's continuing to motivate me to to do this Um, because you're just so busy kind of just going through the motions you're not living your life taking care of your health during this process is so important which is ironic right because they all want to be physicians but they're not taking care of themselves yeah so i have to sometimes stop students and say well wait hold on a second how are you going to help someone else if you can't help yourself first right take a break yeah. Drink some water. Drink some water. Go get some fresh air. <laughs> I have to remind myself sometimes. 
Um, because I am just as committed as they are to making sure that they're successful. So just take a second. The world's not going to stop. The world's not going to end. Yeah. If you take a day off, yeah. sometimes you need to do it. It's, uh, it's the most cliche things that thing, but whenever I travel, uh, with my kids, I have an eight and a four year old, the flight attendant always comes up to me and says, just to make sure, put your mask on first and then put your kids on. Uh, because that's mm -hmm. just, you got to take care of yourself first or you're not going to be able to help anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's that, that easy. So when it comes to the types of students that you like to work with, who are you passionate about working with? Living, breathing people. <laughs> Humans. <laughs> Humans. I am passionate about all age groups, all learning styles. I have a soft spot for first year students because they are so um, kind of like the deer in headlights, right? Yeah. They're all so excited and they know what they want to do. And um, so I have a little bit of a softer spot for them. Um, and because they're at a point where you can work with them and, and help them understand um, long-term. Yes, this is the goal, but these are the smaller steps that you can take to get there. Now that's not to say that someone who's a little older or, or kind of later in the process of what they've come to this process as a non-traditional student can't understand that. They're just different challenges and different um, things to consider as a non-traditional student. So I also have a soft spot. <laughs> for yeah. the working parents that are going back to school because they've now, you know, kind of realized, hey, this is what I want to do. Um, so it's just two very different approaches to um, advising those two age groups um, or learner groups at that point. Um, but at the end of the day, I think what's most important, regardless of how you ended up on this path, is remembering why you're on this path. Mm understanding that whatever that reason is, it can't be because someone said you need to do it. It can't be because mom and dad are pushing you to do it. It yeah. can't be because, you know, whatever the reasons are, they have to be your own. You have to know what they are. So reflecting is important. Soul searching is important because that's what's going to keep you motivated to stay on this path when things get tough. Yeah. Keeping, keeping that why uh, front and center. Mm -hmm. So you, yeah. you said you like, working with kind of first-year students, those who are kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, um, deer in the headlights, as, as you mm -hmm. said. Um, I just created a referral code for people who want to go sign up for MAPPED app. So if you just go to mapped.com, M-A-P-P-D.com, click on the uh, Get Started button, and then use the referral code VERINIA. Um, so use the, use the referral code Verinia, uh, V-A-R-I-N-I-A, and that'll give you three months free of Mapped App Pro. And the, the Pro really, almost all of Mapped is free. So after the 90 days, you can keep using Mapped and um, most of it will still be free. The one thing that you get 90 days is you can interact through the Mapped Chat Advising and connect with the Mapped app uh, or mapped experts, uh, advising experts. So Verinia is very often in there. Uh, Courtney, our newest advisors in there a bunch. Um, the, the whole team is in there as needed. Uh, so if you have questions, if you are one of those kind of first year students and you're a deer in the headlights and don't know what's going on, go to map.com, click on that get started button, use the referral code Verinia and get 90 days of, of mapped app for uh, mapped app pro for free. 
So hopefully we'll get some more people to uh, go ask you some questions and, and you can guide them on, on their journey to medical school. Absolutely. So Thank you. That will be fun. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing from all students, first year students, um, and and just sort of with chat advising, the great thing is, is that so many students have questions that they go to, you know, websites <laughs> that, <laughs> that shall, shall remain nameless. Named. Yes. <laughs> um, to get information from other pre-health students who may not really know all the information either. Yeah. Um, so, but with chat advising, you literally have an advisor in your pocket. You yeah. can just text us uh, and we'll get back to you within a day, sometime sooner, um, with any questions related to this process. Um, we'll be happy to look at your your stats. We'll be happy to look at your grades, your, your courses, your activities. Just make sure you enter all that information in there so we can give you more feedback. Um, and, and it's just an added resource, an added benefit. Maybe you can't get an appointment with your pre-health advisor, but you can definitely reach out to us and we can kind of help you out in between in between when you can meet with another advisor. Yeah. So great tool. Great, great tool. That's why we built it, why we keep adding mm-hmm. more amazing features to it. I'm, I'm excited for what's to come there. So Vrini, as we, as we wrap up here, what are your final words of wisdom for the student listening to this? Maybe doubting their their journey oh no no don't do that don't do that if you go down that path um it's just it it, what's the point right you can time's gonna go by time's gonna go by so you can either become a doctor (laughs) or you can sit there and doubt yourself during that same period of time right time's just gonna keep on going um surround yourself with positive people Surround yourself with supportive people, friends, family members. Um, stay away from those competitors. Um, what do we say? Collaboration, right? Not yeah, competition. Not competition. Um, check in with your own mental health very frequently. Mm-hmm. Remind yourself of why you're doing this, like I said before. Um, and keep that in mind as you're going through each step through your very first um, science courses, through your most advanced courses, through getting shadowing opportunities and volunteering opportunities, and hopefully get yourself some patient care experiences along the way. Um, maintaining that that why, reminding yourself, if you need to print it out and put it somewhere where you can see it, um, keep that goal in mind, because this will test you often, this process, but if you're not going to, um, motivate yourself and continue to push yourself towards this um having that there will will help you have us too right reach out we can help boost you boost your confidence a little bit um but that's the most important thing remembering why you're doing this it shouldn't be for prestige or whatever it may be it should be because at the end of the day you want to help people yeah uh, if if you want, you listening want more of Verinia, then come to our live Wednesdays. We do Ask Mapped on our YouTube channel, mapped.tv, M-A-P-P-D.tv. Verinia is often a co-host on that show every Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Our team is getting so big now that we have to kind of rotate through advisors. So we, we have time to, to all kind of chip in. So uh, the, the whole mapped team uh, rotates through that. There's usually three or four of us every week answering questions for an hour or so every Wednesday, That's 1 a- p.m. Eastern. That's a fun hour. 
It is. You get to talk to lots and lots of people. Yeah, it's the best hour. (laughs) Verinia Granham, thank you for joining me on the pre med years. I hope uh, all of the students working with you this cycle have excellent uh, results and get into the schools of their dreams. And if anyone listening would love to work with Verinia moving forward, go to map.com and click on the button where it says uh, advising services. And you can see how we can help you in your journey. Thank you so much for having me. This was great. I really hope that um, we, you know, we help students every single day achieve their goals right? Fulfill their dreams. Um, I hope that I hope that we can continue to do that for as long as I can. All right. There you have it. Again, Verinia Granham, one of our MSHQ Medical School Headquarters advisors. If you're interested in working with Verinia, go over to medicalschoolhq.net and check out our advising options so that you can hang out with her, talk with her, uh, one of the best things that she does is mock interviews. Um, she she loves helping students prepare for their interviews, their medical school interviews. All right. I hope you had a wonderful day. I hope you have a wonderful week. Don't forget to check out blueprintmcat.com to get that free, amazing study planner tool. We'll talk to you soon here at the Pre-Med Years. This is MedEd Media.